It's only fitting we begin our show like North Koreans begin their day. <laughs> I mean, that sound is awful. Our, uh, it sounds like a broken kid's toy. And this is episode 17 of a podcast without a name. You know, it's funny that I say end this this podcast, whatever, (laughs) and like I was saying something before that. Well, you kind of were. I mean, technically I was, but nobody else hears that. No. Well, I mean, we hear it. Well, you hear that. Well, (laughs) if if you're paying attention, I don't know. Remember Mr. Uh, uh, Clothier's class? He told us that five, four, three, and then the other two were silent with uh, magic fingers. I dated his daughter for a small period of time. Oh, you did? Yeah, and <laughs> she, she actually became Why a lesbian this? later on. Um, <laughs> well, so I don't know if I had anything to do with that or of not. Of course. I'm sure you, I'm sure you did. It's okay. God, Anthony, you made her There's nothing wrong with that. <laughs> All right, well, this is oh, episode yeah. 17. <laughs> Anthony's here from the beginning this time. Woohoo! Hello. What are we all drinking this evening? Is anyone drinking? I'm drinking. I have a candy. I'll let you guess. I'll let you guess what I'm drinking. Anthony's drinking apple juice. Corona Light. Oh, Hanalei. 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 Kona Island IPA. I'm drinking Schmacka again, but I'm drinking a Marzen. I'm not even saying that right. It's German, but it's a Marzen. It's almost like a Pilsner, but uh, a little better. Great Lakes Hot Madness Double IPA. And then oh. Candy Belgian Triple is what I got on deck. Mm. So I guess you, you've upgraded from your Budweiser. Well, I got four crafties and I got a, a sixer of uh, crappies. Ah. Anyway. Mm. Shall we start this podcast like, like, uh, like, whatchamacallit, North Koreans start their day? Shall we? It's only fitting we begin our show like North Koreans begin their day. <laughs> I mean, that sound is awful. Our, uh, it sounds like a broken kid's toy. Our four listeners are going to be pissed off. They'll be like, God, they have to like pause it or fast forward. <laughs> I mean, <But> like, yes. <laughs> like that sound is so awful. Like, it can is you imagine horrible. waking up to that every morning? <laughs> well, this is uh, that's North Korea for you. Anyway, I mean, that's what's in the news right now. It's probably what we're going to be talking about tonight. North Korea, North Korea, North Korea, breaking news all over the place. Um Fire and fury. We're gonna die. That's that's all Fire I got. Done. Podcast fury. over. We're gonna die. No. The likes of which only yeah, a couple nations. Yeah. Episode seventeen, seen. the final podcast without a name before the apocalypse. So uh, you know, first thing I think we should address is uh, everyone needs to relax because I think we're gonna be okay. Um, <laughs> hopefully, but uh, I know that doesn't inspire confidence, but. Um, there's a few things we could talk about with this. I think this is a little, it's a very complex situation, but it's not, it's not, we can navigate it. It's not unnavigable. 
Is that the word? Uh, na- navi- navi- navigatable. Navigatable. Uh, nav- <laughs> Navigabians? I don't know. Anyway, it's. I think we could get through this. Can Trump do it? That's yet to be determined. But there's a few things at play here. There's a, a few different variables to kind of understand. Um, and there's a few different approaches. So I think the first thing we might want to kind of get the baseline, like what is North Korea? What do they have? What what are we up against if something goes down? Or, or what do we have to kind of plan for? Um, just a quick facts on their military and um, you know weapons and such. They have 1.9 million active duty soldiers or whatever you want to call them uh they have 10 million available so there's a there's actually more than that but the i forget the uh my source for this so i'll get it but uh, only 10 million are actually of like uh you know they're not senior citizens or something like that um Mm -hmm. uh, the department of defense assesses that they probably have chemical weapons which was put on display at the malaysian airport assassination uh, they have somewhere between 13 and 60 nukes. Uh, I know it's a wide range, but we can't really be sure about that. Uh, and their ballistic missile ranges anywhere from 4,200 to 6,200 miles. And there's actually some higher estimates and lower. Like est- there's there's good arguments from some scientific circles for higher and lower. So it's that's still pretty relative unknown. And the sure. probably most threatening thing that they have is 8,600 to 12,000 artillery pieces. That's different artillery type of weapons from short to mid to long range type of weapons. Um, non-nuclear, obviously. Um, and of the most threat with them would be the longer range ones that uh, threaten Seoul specifically. So that's kind of the baseline. We know all about the other stuff. They're relative, po- well, not relative, but they're pretty much living in poverty. Um, unless you're somehow connected to the regime. Um, everything you see on the news when they let uh, people come in, it's usually staged. Uh, there's fake shops with fake storefronts. There's plenty of really good documentaries on this where people have either snuck in cameras or were escorted by uh, state escorts and stuff like that. Yeah, I mean, it's North Korea for you. Now, I mean, talking about their military size, I mean, isn't that about the size of our military? Um, it's depends on kind of how you look at, it. I mean, we don't know what these numbers are legit or not. I don't have our actual military numbers in front of us. Um, I'd have to look at I, that. I thought sure. we had like one point, like, I don't know, don't quote me on it, but like 1.3 mil or something or 1.2 million active duty. Prob- I didn't, I didn't. That probably sounds about right. Probably an easy enough Google search. <laughs> yeah, no, I'll pull it up right now. We have, uh. Keep talking I don't think, I get think it, that guys. matters because they wouldn't put boots <laughs> yeah. on the ground. They would just bomb the living fuck out of True. Them. Yeah. You know, <clears throat> and that would suck because yeah. a lot of innocent people would get killed. Like those people are pretty much being held hostage. But, um, yeah. Well, you know, I, I think in it, it, you know, what ends up happening is, you know, you have a situation where you, you can only either A, call their bluff for so long mm-hmm. or hope that nothing happens for so long or take the initiative to to threaten back you know for so long without any action eventually just like you know i mean i hate to equate it to like a you know a common playground fight or something like that but somebody throws the first punch eventually yeah you know what i mean and and you know unfortunately in in a situation like this you have two pretty arrogant people, <laughs> you know, running <laughs> yeah. each of these countries. Now, does Trump's arrogance equal uh, 
military, you know, I don't know, fierceness. I don't, I don't know. You know what I mean? Is he all talk? You know, I, I don't know, you know, but, um, you know, Korea is North Korea is, is kind of scary when, when you think about how they threaten and, and the type of threats that they've made. Um, I don't, I don't know if they can go, you know, uh, I don't know if they can. Well, he go surrounded himself. Uh, not responding. He, to sounded, it, guess, he surrounded know? himself with generals, which I think is um, good for you know as far as military action. I think General Mattis, mm-hmm. the Secretary of Defense, uh, he's very much aware of diplomacy and use of force and everything from people that I've spoken to that are Marines that were like so excited to. Uh, have him be uh, the Secretary of Defense. I think he's somebody that um, wouldn't get us into like a quagmire. I think he's someone that knows how to kind of do what has to be done and and get things done. But if you listen to the things that he said or or read his quotes, um, you know, I don't think that uh, it would be very uh, humanitarian. (laughs) You know, it's kind of like, hard men do hard things kind of a thing. But um, I I honestly don't think anything's going to happen. But like Anthony was uh, saying, you know, you can only take so much for so long. And if they're shooting off rockets, they have nukes. Japan's our friend. Seoul's our friend. You know, we have friends in the region, so we can't really. uh, So we have. uh, I'm sorry. Real real quick. We have approximately 1.5 million active duty and 800. I didn't mean to say so. I meant to say South Korea. Seoul okay. being the uh, capital, correct? Yeah, Seoul. Of South Korea, yeah. Of course. <laughs> <clears throat> so, uh, did you want to go, Anthony? Go. Um, no, what I was going to say was, you know, you can, you can kind of wait until an attack... You know, if you take the mode of wait until an attack is made, a real attack, um, A, it could be too catastrophic you know, depending on the type of attack that they offer as their first strike. B, you're, you're, you are then putting the United States in a, in a position where, you know, we almost need to just annihilate North Korea at that point. You know what I mean? And, and I don't think anybody really wants to do that or go there. You know what I mean? But if, if you allow that first strike and, and it's a, as bad as North Korea claims it could be, um, so you know, what other option do you have? I want to I want to address something I read in Politico uh, yesterday, actually, and I forget the author, so I guess it's bad on me for for forgetting this, but because I'm going to be criticizing him, at least I could be letting people know about it. But the it, it was a uh, it was apparently it was an op ed on in Politico saying there the, the author was sick of hearing that there are no good responses to North Korea because he claims there is one, and then I read the article and it, he went on to give probably a bad bad solution to the north korea problem so it was like wait what like (laughs) but his solution was uh that he thinks that um war obviously is not an option that we need we need to start facilitating and helping uh some sort of popular uprise internal to north korea uh, unfortunately, his viewpoint is is kind of a naive one because he's completely discounting everything that's been, happened in that realm for dozens and dozens of years, and he somehow thinks that now it will work. And he bases it all on this this concept, for which I agree with, is that uh, you know he he does make the argument that Kim Jong Un is is a rational actor. That's an argument that I've made in the past, and I agree with that. 
And in that context, he says that Kim Jong-un wants to keep his power. He wants his regime in place. So knowing that he being a rational actor, although he's making all these threats are all just bluffs and he's not going to do anything. So the best course of action is going to be to 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 try to get that popular uprising. The, the flaw in that is he doesn't he didn't take into account the concept for which if the popular uprising were, were to actually start threatening his power, what he would do. Because if the mm-hmm. last if the last thing he wants, the, the last thing he's trying to hold on to is his power and that's slipping away and he sees it. That's when someone, it, well, an irrational act becomes rational, if that makes any yeah. sense, right? And I mean, and, and on the other end of that, too, how do you create this type of uprising internally to the country when, you know, their communication mediums are completely blocked? I mean, they, yeah, they, they live in complete darkness, pretty much, um, from the outside world. I mean, how do you even, you know, kind of covertly get in there <laughs> i think you know i, I think his article was he just doesn't want war no, no. Yeah, like, they did in, like world war ii they like drop crates <laughs> of like guns and like pamphlets and shit like in certain places like yeah. hey, maybe they gotta go old school with it yeah i mean i mean sure right i mean i'm i'm all for the, these types of types of approaches but i'm fairly confident that a lot of this stuff has been happening and even in covert realm and in even and overtly right we've we've been doing this this is not this concept of trying to influence the populace is not new and not has yeah, been a part of I, I our foreign policy. Take, I think some people, and I'd really love to, to hear some, uh, maybe some comments and feedback from anybody that's listening uh, for what they would actually propose as a solution, because I, I am interested in that. I don't actually have an opinion. Nobody, nobody likes war. Nobody wants to get into a nuclear war. Um, at least I really don't feel like anybody does. Um, you know, you hear the people that, you know, will be loud mouths and say, oh, just bomb them. Just, you know, yeah, make their yeah. country disappear, blah, blah, blah. But that's really it's, all it's talk. Too Nobody simple. really wants that's, yeah, it's that, not that many simple. people to die, yeah. you know. Um, but, you know, at the same time, it's it's kind of like, well, what what do you do when you're when you have a country, a small country that is essentially threatening the yeah. the totality of the world you know what i mean like with their you know nuclear and chemical warfare and and everything like that i mean you know threatening the heart of america and you know i mean that 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 has uh you know repercussions worldwide if if things like that start happening i think we do the one thing that we have to kind of really understand though is to kind of self-reflect to and kind of look back like what have we done like what is what is our real ends here? Because we've been at this for a very long time since before Clinton. You know, like the, mm. this has been a problem for 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 quite a while, and you know nothing's working. So they're they're going to they're going to where they're gonna they want to go essentially, and they're not being held back. I mean, it's you know th- their advancement is well above our estimates. Like I, the the last two tests were complete surprises to the West. Complete, like we didn't know they had the second stage. It was a brand new second stage. They had a brand new reentry vehicle, and now this last one has a range that some estimates put it in the west coast of America, solidly within Guam and uh, Alaska and even Hawaii, right? So it's like the, these things, these estimates were something that were years out, like m- months ago. We were thinking they were years out, and now yeah. it's like, wait a minute. And then suddenly the, the DIA releases a report. I don't know if it was released or if it was leaked. But the DIA assesses that they actually miniaturized a nuclear weapon, which 
miniaturized is like a 500 pound, three or four feet high, it's five feet wide, right? But it's still big, but, but it's truck. It's much smaller than, you know, historically they've had. Yeah. And, sure. and, but more importantly, it could be put on a reentry vehicle. Like that, that's, that's the more important part of it all. And once they get, once they get multiple warheads on a, um, independently, a MERV, I believe it's called independently targeted reentry, reentry vehicle games over. We're done because not not to say they're going to use it, but we don't have defense systems to the, the, our thad defense systems do not successfully defend against multiple reentry uh, or multiple independently targeted warheads at the same time. We cannot successfully counter that. That means if one comes in, if there's a warhead and it has or a reentry vehicle with four or five warheads on it, we're only going to be able to take out one or two of them. That means two or three of them are going to hit a city, right? So yeah. once they could get to that technology, now it's just essentially mutually assured destruction we have with North Korea, and yeah. and like that. That's it. And and so, and know, what is the answer to that? Well, some would say, well, that's how it's going to be. Maybe that's that's just how we have to let it go, right? And maybe you know what? Maybe it is, right? I mean, if if because uh, right now you have you have a. a See, I don't know. There's two sides to this, right? You have a population here in America that hates Trump, hates everything he does, criticizes every single thing he does. And, you know, rightly so in, in, in a lot of cases. Um, but you also have a very, you know, I guess, liberal outlook, humanitarian outlook, uh, which is fine. Um, but in cases like war, uh, there's going to be a lot of pushback, I guess, for something like that to happen. But then on the other end of that, you also have a president right now in Trump who kind of takes the approach, as far as I'm concerned, with, um, you know, act now, ask questions later. You know what I mean? Ask for forgiveness later. You know what I mean? Like, and and I wouldn't kind of put it past them to just be like, oh, you know what? This is a threat. Our generals are saying that this is a, a major threat right now. We need to act. You know what? You know, and you know, the pieces, you, you know, you like, make a good point and, and you, your observation is spot on because I, I think you're thinking like Kim, Kim Jong Un and I don't mean that in a bad way. Right. I think what's going on right now with all his threats to Guam and stuff like that, he's trying to bait Trump into doing something because in, think about this. In what situation can Kim Jong Un actually have some sort of level of international support, even if it's very minimal? In what yeah, situation would that be yeah. a first strike from us? Right. Because if we first strike, like you just said, all those reasons why we shouldn't be going, people are going to be throwing it out there. And obviously, politically in the U.S., anything Trump does, we're, I mean, we have a culture of op uh, opposition right now. Right. So no matter what he does, it's going to be wrong for the left. Right. And, and that's fine yeah. because the right would do it to Obama. Right. So I'm not saying that's wrong, but no matter what he does, it's going to be wrong in the eyes of the left. So let's forget about politics here. Right. But what Kim Jong Un trying to do is he wants to, he wants Trump to do something because that's his only possible way of getting some sort of minimal international support is if we first strike him. And that's, so he's playing it at, he's playing the Trump right now. Easy. Now, do you believe that, you know, our defense, uh, for lack of better terms, but our, our defense leadership yes. um, is looking at that, Yeah, you know, is, Mattis, is considering that Mattis is a genius. And, and that's so if you're listening here, like we, everyone watches CNN and Fox news and everything's breaking news, you know, North Korea, this North Korea, that Trump said fury, this and that, blah, blah, blah. Don't worry about it because you have, you, you have a really level headed 
military strategist that Trump is relying on. And I think if if Trump doesn't makes an irrational move or tries to make an irrational move, Mattis is going to have to sign off on it. And if he doesn't sign off on it, you'll see him resign. He's that type of person. So if if it's a strategy, if he resigns, leave the country. Yeah, if he resigns, <laughs> like you, know, you know something's coming, right? So, but that's just how Mattis is. He knows what he's doing. Trump might act stupid and say a lot of dumb things, but I'm pretty sure he re- he actually does have a lot of respect for Mattis. And I think if Mattis says a certain way, you know, we need to take an approach militarily this way or that way. I think he will listen to that. He might say something publicly. You know, there's two faces in these situations. You got your uh, public and you got your behind the scenes. Um, You know, I I think that that's, I think that, I think we're safe with Mattis. I I really do. I think we could all kind of chill out with that um, and just kind of let let this kind of move on a little bit and see how things go. But I think, I think this ultimately ends up with nothing happening. And, And I think that that's how it was always meant to be because we just, we don't have the political will. We don't like if we first strike North Korea, that means South Korean lives, right? Mm-mm. If we yeah. don't do something, it potentially means theoretical U.S. lives in the future, right? We're it's hard to make that theoretical argument because we've done it in the past and it hasn't rode, you know, ended well for us. Now it's just so hard. We don't have that political will anymore. So it's really going to take some sort of more physical act from North Korea for us to be able to act physically back. So well, I, I think that China is the biggest. Oh, oh sorry. I was just going to say, I think China is the biggest, you know, think chip in this because China is known to have nukes. They have what, a couple hundred uh, uh, warheads and uh, they're oh, allies. Yeah, I mean, they're not great allies with North Korea, but they're an ally of North Korea. So I think that's why Trump has been like publicly, you know, shaming, well, not shaming them, but like, hey, China has to take care of that. China has to take care of that or I will. Because China doesn't yeah. want that. You know what I mean? That's, a, that's what makes sense, right? And China China would have to sign off on any action in North Korea. If we're going to take it, if, if China doesn't sign off on it, we risk something much bigger. And and I you know I think no no one wants that's like a war with China. Assured destruction. Just, yeah. That'd be you know a whole nother level. But I don't think yeah. China wants a war. And China, with China doesn't China, want to. You know China doesn't want a war with anyone, right? And the thing that's interesting was China and Russia signed off on this most recent UN uh, Security Council. Uh, I forget the name of it, but they both signed off on this against for sanctions against North Korea. Historically, that's not typical. That's different. That's weird. I usually abstain or vote against. So. Uh, that could be an overture to the Trump administration. I, listen, North Korea is a problem for China too, right? So there might be a point, and I don't know for sure because I'm not a Chinese expert, um, but there could be a point where there's some sort of critical mass that, that's hit where they go, North Korea is not worth it anymore for us. Mm. You know, and, and you know, as we globalize more, that, that point's probably coming closer and closer for them because of the global markets and things like that. North Korea is not a part of that. You know, it's just... Right. So economically, North Korea does not matter to China, but yeah. the United States does. Yes, absolutely. And there's a whole international relations theory on that with, you know, economics tying people together. And, and we, that's for another different podcast. But sure. it's just, you know, the whole this North Korea issue. I mean, it's it's been around for so long. I mean, I just I don't know. I mean, do do, do we risk South Korean lives? You know what I'm saying? Because. If yeah. if we first strike North Korea, no matter the coalition, 
the first retaliation will be against South Korea. And listen, when you hear the things about Seoul will get flattened, that's not necessarily the case. Uh, yes, they will take a lot of casualties in Seoul, but the largest threat to South Korea is their artillery because they have like a, you know, approximately 12,000 artillery pieces set up near the DMZ. And uh, in, when you hear about Seoul being flattened, it's not necessarily the case. Uh, there's a good example of that island that North Korea shelled a few years back. I think it was in 2013. They planned that out and, you know, they fired 170 rounds of artillery. Only 80 hit the island. Of those 80, 20 of them failed to explode. So th their munitions are old. Their, their, their artillery pieces are, are crap. Like, so... Mm. The risk is relatively minimal, but the big unknown there is, you know, some sort of sh uh, ballistic missile with a nuclear warhead on it. So, well, I mean, and the thing that that concerns me, I guess, is, you know, North Korea talks about, uh, you know, what they have and what their capabilities are. Right? They're 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 obviously trying to showcase that, uh, which you know makes sense. Okay, they're they're doing that, and that's a, 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 a maybe their way of bluffing, right? But. The fact that their advancements in development were were so much quicker than we expected that they were um, tells me that you know. So, how do I even put this in a in a words? Like they they we have been trending their development over the course of however many years. So we came with a prediction of where they would be right now based on the trend. Right now. Now that they've like superseded that trend and and have made that quicker in in development, that means that the 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 ramping up of development was recent, right? Like recent in terms of you know nuclear development. Um, so why would North Korea begin to ramp up their nuclear development at such a fast pace? I mean, the money and the, the resources that that takes, you know, what, what is, what is the reason for that? Unless they had, you know, some sort of, I think it's just to say they know, have motive, it. I mean, the you know, guy motive is to, uh, to use, you know? Yeah. But, but look, I mean, yeah, just they, had, look it. At how, they had it and they could have still said that they had it. But just think of a country where like all of the resources go to like such a small they're, they're people. The, the rest of the people are kind of left to like fend for themselves. I mean, it's not like money really matters anything to him, you know? Their military budget is 25% of their GDP, which I think uh, relative to us, what we're like 5% or something. So it's, I mean, not to say it's much, but it's $10 billion, but um, relatively speaking to the other things in their, you know, economy, that's, that's, that's a fair big chunk, right? Um, yeah. And to the pace of their development, that's a good question. I actually was chewing over that earlier at work today. I was just sitting there like, well, what, what, what point, why did they accelerate so quickly? Why, what happened, right? They've been, why did this pace kick up? And either they got some sort of additional help, which they didn't have in the past. Um, so they helped them move along quicker and it just so happened to happen now. And, or it's, it's part of a, you know, that Kim Jong-un's plan to bait Trump into something, you know, uh, you know, he does, he ramps up his tests. Maybe he reveals things on purpose. So listen, there's, there's a theory that a lot of the failed tests in the past were failed on purpose because he didn't want the international community to know how far along they were. Right. So he may have been, it's, it could, this could be strategy. Uh, you know, I don't want to give him too much credit because he's a little, I don't know, he's just a little like, 
I don't know what we call him. He looks like a little round ball. Like <laughs> he's a meatball. I don't want to judge him for what he looks like, but I don't think he's that smart of a guy, right? Like, and but I, you know, maybe when you're thinking about survival, when that's what you're thinking about, you, you come up with some great strategy and great ideas, and and maybe this is just a part of that. You know, I th- I think he, I really do think he's playing off of the Trump mentality, and uh, I think our strategists know in the military. Yeah, I think so, that. and I totally agree with you with Mattis. Like I said, I, I oh. think he's great. I think he's going to like uh, really weather this storm, and I think Trump, like I said, he surrounded himself with generals, military people. So I think you know he has a lot of smart people yeah. in his ear at all times about what and what not to do. I wouldn't be surprised if one of them kind of told him to, to say something yeah. like that, you know? Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised either. Yeah. I mean, you have to, like you get all this rhetoric coming from North Korea. Um, give up his own back a little bit. I didn't mind if they said it. It doesn't demean anything. I mean, it just, it just lets you know, like, by the way, we also have this ability. And you know what? Maybe I. Yeah, and I, I feel like he kind of is, right? I mean, yeah, we have a little bit of banter going on, you know. But yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it seems kind of uh, <laughs> I don't know, sophomore at times. But, yeah, yeah, of course. Um, yeah, but that's Trump. <laughs> fire and fury, fire and fury. You will feel our fire and fury. <laughs> I don't know. I just, it's just, I think. Uh, this, this little guy is a little bit more sane than we think. And I think he just wants to be, I think he wants some sort of international recognition. Like, I think he's like sitting there and he's saying, Hey guys, me right here. Hi guys. And you know, all this attention is like, you know, feeding him. Right. And I, I guess, but then, but then you, but then you see that he's like, and by the way, I could blow up the entire world, you know, but let's he, knock but, it off the axis, but he can't right now. <laughs> like, honestly, like, 13 to 60 nukes that half of them probably would be duds anyway you know like let's say best ca- worst case scenario for him best case scenario for us is he has 13 right at the rate for which his things have been failing in other areas he only maybe you know two-thirds of them might actually work and from there they might not they, he might just blow himself up because what get i heard they only have enough fuel to run their their military mm-hmm. for something ridiculous like like a few days like if it was ever like an actual war like they don't have enough fuel to like run their tanks and all that kind of shit. That's why they need China. That's why they need China. Right. So China would need to back a war. Yes. China would. And the only way North Korea has any fighting chances if China gets in there like they did the first time. Yeah. And I don't see yeah. that happening. I think we, I think it would. I think they do it covertly. And to be honest with you, my sneaking suspicion is this whole nuclear development acceleration has something to do with covert action by. China. Hmm. I don't know what the ends is to that because listen, there's a probably a longer China has a longer, more strategic goal too, right? Like there will be a point in time where they want Taiwan. There's going to be a point in time where they're going to start wanting to grab more area in Africa and grab more influence throughout the world. Right? So I don't know if this is a long game thing for them, if they're doing that, I don't know for sure. Um, but I, th- I think there's a little bit of a, you know, when you think covert action, a lot of times that covert action are those long game plays that they're doing, you know, and, and that could be what they're, what they're up to. I, I don't know. It's, and that is it's uh, the one thing that communist countries seem to have, uh, you know, that central planning, five year planning, you know, like, all right, oh, yeah. in five years, where are we at? And five years, where are we at? So yeah, it's, uh, you know, that's, they, yeah. that's their, their modus operandi. Yeah, I mean, if you think about the democracy and capitalism, we have, you know, our politicians come and go, you know, I mean, presidents every four years, you know, <laughs> and it's like, 
you know, when you're talking about a communist dictatorship or something like that, it, it's, you know, you're, you're planning your survival years and years out, if not decades in some cases. Right. So, you know, China has a long term strategy that I'm not completely keen on, but I, I know it probably has something to do with them having more influence in the world over us. Hmm. So it's who knows what that would look like now for for them to kind of put that in place and solidify that in the future. It's 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 funny because it brings perspective to the people here that talk about just leave other countries alone. Yeah. Let's just do our own thing here and, mm -hmm. and not worry so much about everybody else. But, you know, the truth of the matter is this the the whole game of risk, you know, is still active. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. you know, these countries aren't like, you know, I mean, United States isn't, you know, actively going after uh, acquiring more land and taking over Europe or anything like that. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. um, you know, but countries are still into doing this. Well, we, and, do, and we do acquire land, though. I mean, of course. Military. Yeah. No, I mean, you know what I, you know what I mean? Like take over, like hostile takeover, I guess. You know what I mean? Like, um, so, I mean, you know, this is still stuff that, that, is wanted by other countries and, and will still, you know, continue to happen with other countries. And you do, you do got to watch that, you know, as long as we are a superpower, you know, if, if people in our, you know, our citizens, if they feel like they, they feel things are out of control now, you know, just wait till there's a country that has much more, uh, power than we have, <laughs> you know, yeah, like yeah. kind of setting yeah. the stage for everything. Then, then you're really going to see how, you know, how little power we, we have as citizens over here, you know, yeah, I don't would think, that mean uh, that people start moving over there? <laughs> I, I don't think people realize that the, uh, the standard of living we have, the lifestyle we live, it, it requires, I mean, it's not all, you know, sunshine and rainbows, uh, oh, yeah. you know, like it, it's it comes at a cost even though people would would tend to say that it's awful i mean oh, it's yeah, pretty yeah. amazing how well it works you we know have and, and, fat and homeless people yeah. we're, how does we're that very jaded extremely jaded people i mean we, yeah, we just, I mean, just what he just said fat homeless people think about that <laughs> it, but it's you know think about that. it's a good point but it, it's true though like our lowest five percent i forget the exact i could pull it up at some point but our lowest five percent still well off but then a a very good majority of the rest of the world our people our impoverished people are technically not impoverished by international standards and the people you see homeless and stuff like that, I know it's like you see these homeless people and it, it, it's heart wrenching. I don't like seeing homeless people. I tend to always give money to them when I see them walking around, even though I know they're just going to buy booze. But this part of me doesn't give a fuck. I want them to buy booze if they want booze anyway. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but I digress. Uh, uh, you know, a lot of our homeless choose to be homeless. I, I know it's thrown out there a lot like the, there. There are plenty of homeless shelters. There are soup kitchens. I know. It sounds it sounds unbelievable that people would choose to be homeless, but they are most of them are mentally ill, and that maybe speaks to our mental or uh, mental illness uh, problem that we have to take care of in this country too. But most of them do choose to be there. And I I saw this one really interesting do documentary. It was like this best selling author, and I forget what city. I think it was in uh, God, I don't know if it was in New York or whatnot. But she she had sold like she was on uh you know New York Times bestsellers list. She had sold millions and millions of copies of this book. But she chose to be homeless, and it was think, like this documentary was about the, her. The freedom. Like, what? You got like two yeah. worries: where am I going to eat? Where am I going to sleep? Like maybe how am I going to yeah. stay warm if you're in some place that can get cold in the winter? 
other than that, you don't yeah. got bills, you don't got kids to feed, you don't, well, no. you know, you're just on your own. Well, and not to mention, you know, a lot of our homeless population may not even be homeless, you know, and you see that mm-hmm. a lot. And I, I am not generalizing or, or trying to make light of our homeless situation. It's, it's awful and it is sad. Um, but, you know, I, hell, everybody's got a story. I mean, I remember on Delaware Ave, or Columbus Boulevard, Boulevard rather, um, in South Philly, every single day I'd pass by this homeless chick every mm-hmm. day. And one day I, I was running just a tiny bit late, and it must have been the end of her shift because she walked back, she folded up her, her sign, and I was stopped at the red light on Columbus Boulevard in Lombard. Yeah. And I just see her walk over to a really nice car, <laughs> like a really nice car hop in and drive away. And I'm like, huh, like I've seen her every day out here for the past like three months. And I just so happened to catch her on, on, you know, an off time. And I'm like, well, that was interesting. And and like, you know, when you talk to people, everybody's got a story and I, you know, I don't want to downplay the actual issue, but it, 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 you know, it it makes you wonder how our statistics with homeless people uh, are also a little slightly jaded as well. You know, that might be a good, uh, a topic for another cast too. Let's 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 dig into it. Like, is homeless? What what does it mean to be homeless in America? Right? Like, don't get me wrong. I'm sure there are people out there that you know lost a job or got Lots. have five kids and and they find themselves temporarily homeless. I've heard, I know a lot mm-hmm. of people who have been temporarily homeless. Right? Yeah. I'm not saying that that stuff doesn't exist, but generally speaking, we have whether it's your personal, uh, you know, family infrastructure you have in place. Um, a support system like that, or or it's the government or local charities or something like that. There's always an avenue for you to have a meal and a, and a warm place to sleep. And and I yes, that's a little bit of an overgeneralization because I haven't been into shit everywhere in this country. I can't tell talk about it for sure. Um, but I know that there is a lot of opportunity out there for people to find a place to have a roof over their head for an evening and have something to eat. Um, all they had to do is pick up their iPhone and there's an app for it. <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah, <kidding>. it's true. <laughs> but with their Obama yeah, phones, I mean, right? I'm joking, but like, you know, a part yeah. of this might be some of these people might not even know that they have access to certain things. Yes, and it's true. And it, so I don't want to necessarily say they're homeless and they're refusing it, right? It, they might be homeless yeah. because they don't understand it, right? Or they, they don't know it's there. Um, right. But we still have the best infrastructure for that type of stuff whether it's personal charity or a family or government oriented um, than many or most other countries in the world. So sure. You know, we do have it much better than North Korea. <laughs> oh, geez. I mean, yeah, that's the moral of the story crazy. here. There's no, there's no argument. And, and a lot of that, it is but. private. And here's a good point. A lot of it is private. And uh, yeah. why do private orga- uh, organizations like churches, let's say, especially churches, because they provide most of the shelters, why do they have so much disposable income to help yeah. people? Probably because they don't pay any taxes. They don't get that. Ta- they, yeah, they're tax free. So why don't you free. do that with people? And then they get their donations. The income tax, bro. Yeah. I'd be okay with eliminating income tax and putting some sort of flat tax or consumption yeah, based tax. tax. I, I would enjoy I Try to get off topic, yeah. but. We, we could get into that, but we're getting into 42 minutes, so we don't necessarily want to start a complete other topic, but that is a good topic to talk start at some point. So next up, global warming. <laughs> next up, the most complicated issue you could think about right now in four minutes. <laughs> uh, 
Oh my god. Should well, we, uh, I guess I, I guess we kind of went through the entire cast with uh, just North Korea, which we said oh, we that's weren't. That's a pretty complex issue. Good morning. Oh my god. Good morrow. Wake <laughs> up, sleepy heads. You're gonna be hearing this in New York City one day. Oh, hey, after dude. the music. <laughs> I put a bullet right in my head. <laughs> this is going to be going right outside your window one morning, and Kim Jong Un's going to be like, "Good morning, Anthony." Good morning, Anthony. Is that part of the thing, or is that just somebody calling me on? Yeah, this is all part of it. Yeah. Saying? I have no idea. Do we have any North? Over Korean? here, we have farms with roosters. <laughs> People you... can choose what they want on their alarm clock. Over there, you have this awful sound. <laughs> I mean, it's almost like scary sounding, too. Yeah. Like, it's kind of eerie, in a sense. It's very eerie. Get out of bed. What does that they mean? Said, what is he saying? America it? sucks. Oh, I don't, I don't know. That they don't have... Uh, actually, the, this video, someone commented and said, can you please add subtitles? <laughs> oh, my God. And there's no subtitles right now. But I can yeah, probably... The subtitles, the, the subtitles the entire time would be like the most annoying sound. Hey, you, you want to hear the most annoying sound of, in the world? <laughs> that's what he says. Oh my God. It anyway. sounds like something like between something else. Like, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. That's what he's saying. You want to hear the most annoying sound It's like about drugs. And then it's like, all right, we're going to play a segment where Billy's dead. And they like go, like, meow, 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 meow. They do one of those shitty fades. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god well yeah i mean i don't know if uh yeah we were we're, let's not start another topic we're at 40 something minutes here uh let's riff on uh there it is there's the sound the music <laughs> we'll call this like the emergency north korea podcast because it was pretty it, sure. it's relatively short i mean we're at like maybe 44 or 45 minutes which is probably where we should be but it's shorter than typical and yeah uh, we stayed on one topic with a little bit of digression at the end. It's like half an episode. This was like 17.1. Yeah. That's good because we just had a cast come out a few days ago. So, it'd be, uh, you know, a little, little extra. And guys, uh, don't forget uh, to any of our listeners, you can go on our Facebook page and uh, look up our Facebook live streams if you want to re-listen to them. Yes. Um, there'll be some music in the beginning uh, for while we were waiting to go live. But, you know, you can skip through that and... You know, maybe a minute or two in and, and listen. We, we had some yeah. pretty neat conversation uh, last week. I enjoyed that one. I'll probably um, uh, to pull so, that out yeah. and, and uh, publish that as a podcast. I think I'll do that. This way people... We'll, yeah. We'll, we'll, yeah. We'll, 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 what we really want is engagement, right? Like, yeah. Come on, guys. Comment, like, God forbid, share something. Let's get engaged. Uh, tag us in something. Like, Engage with us. Your name out there. Share a brother. Will you marry me? Engage. Marry me. <laughs> I, don't but, know, uh, I don't know what just happened. You can, find, <laughs> you can find us on Twitter at No Name Podcast, or I'm usually on there trolling someone, doing something stupid. Join with, join me in that venture. Uh, find us on Facebook at the podcast without a name. Uh, we're on Spreaker, SoundCloud, Google Play, iTunes. Stitcher, Shout out our, our new friend on uh, another podcast. We, we do have a new friend. Her name is Debbie Daly. Uh, well, you read right? it to me. I'm, I'm not sure. It's not her actual name, by the way. Uh, first name is real. Last name is not. It's not her actual name. But she's, uh, you know, she started us on her podcast. She had some good comments. 
Uh, her podcast looks really interesting. It's super long. If you uh, you want to listen to something with a lot of conversation and, and a lot of music too, uh, check her out. Um, she's on Spreaker too. Uh, yeah, that's her new friend. Rich got her friend. He's cool. Got her as a friend, I guess. The way acquired her as a friend. Yeah. You should try to get on. Her <laughs> that would be cool. I can do it remote. Do it live. Yeah. Um, anything else? Rich, you're going to get the last word here, so you better be ready. Uncopyrightable. That is the longest word in the English language without repeating letters.